This is a HeadGum Podcast. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Hello, Halflings! It's me, Jasper William Cartwright, and I am joined today by... Hello! My name is Olivia Kennedy, but you can call me Liv. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And Jeremy Cobb, uh, but Erica Ishii calls me Jeremy, like Kurosawa, I make mad films, Cobb. Oh. Which is a phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what a nickname. Oh my god. This is the wrong dungeon and the wrong dragon. <laughs> Full Prince vibe? Woof. <laughs> this makes them even more black. Cake glitches and bitches. Lands in the cusp of the into something real big now yeah that's awesome. what a nickname i love the idea that that's what erica calls you <laughs> yeah. every single time <laughs> Not like the full thing the bit Not a short version yeah the whole i mean well thing. do you do you do you like, guys know what that's from kurosawa i'm wondering uh, I, 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 well yeah kurosawa I think okay. like seven samurai maybe yeah. No, 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 it's from a, a arguably more famous, uh, to at least to people w- uh, in my specific age bracket, uh, especially if you're American. I'm 30. I just turned okay. 31 this weekend. Uh, oh. I, I guarantee for Ooh, a certain segment of the population, <laughs> what I'm about to say will cause all of you to cringe. And this oh. is what it's from. Yeah, it's been. <laughs> it is from the song. Good old One Canadian by the band. Naked ladies. That's yes. right, from Very the good. homeland of maple <laughs> yes. syrup. What up? <laughs> I what? love it. I yeah. absolutely love it. Uh, well, Halflings, we have uh, an extra special episode for you today <sighs> because, as is always the giveaway these days, that when Ooh. Jeremy gives a guest nickname, that means there's a guest on the episode. Now, you may have heard the dulcet tones of our guest already today, Maybe. but let me tell you a little bit about them. Pro DM and star of tw- twice in fact on the main stage at Gen Con star wow. of huge TikTok star like massive just don't, absolutely no massive don't TikTok say TikTok. top 5 yeah top abs- five no, you are time. don't you dare though no, you are yeah, sure. you are absolutely you're in the you're you're go thread of TikTok, TikTok. That's, the, no, that's that's me that's never mind no, the 3 billion uh, follower i believe no <laughs> <laughs> The incredible uh, GM for the Dragonlance series, Shadow of War. I am so, so excited to welcome a good friend of ours, Kevin Pard, Dice Green Sandwich. How are you doing? Welcome Yay! to Dragonlance. Hey! <laughs> the crowd's going wild. The TikTok oh my god, have, I have, have flooded the stadium. Incredibly embarrassed. There's so many. There's so many TikTokers. Oh my in god, here, here they all come. TikTokers. TikTokers. <laughs> Well, well, thank you so much for having me, everyone. This is this is amazing. I'm so glad to be here to chat with you all. Uh, Of course, we I think Jasper and Jeremy met you officially the first time at D and D in a castle. 
which was mm-hmm. God. When was that? Now yes. was that twenty twenty? Oh, about a year ago. It, yeah, just yeah, about yeah. a year ago. Yeah, wow. about a year ago. Yeah, but th- I th- this was the most wild thing that uh, Jeremy turned around to me the other day and was like, "Oh yeah, like because it was like in December." And Jeremy was like, "Oh, do you remember like we did D and D to Castle like for the first time this year?" And I was like, "What?" <laughs> like because it felt yeah. so oh, long. Yeah. Like I generally feel like I've known you for like. A, Since at least 2021. Years, at least, surely. It feels like it was in 2021. <laughs> yeah, like, that's how it yeah. feels. <laughs> it feels wild to think we've only known each other for, like, a year. But, uh, yeah, we had a great time at D&D in the Castle together. That kind of mad experience that it was, because it was, like, the first one, I think, that they'd done since Since COVID, 2019. So it was just this, yeah. like... Oh, oh yeah, that was wow. it. Yeah, so it's even pre-COVID. Yeah, that year yeah, was so it was insane a- for myself mm-hmm. and a bunch of other people. Because mm-hmm. I think anyone who had been making content during the pandemic and was kind of getting on a lot of people's radars. 2021 was the year where like everyone was like, come to our thing, come to this thing, come do yeah. this thing. We can do it and, now. <laughs> yeah, that was the year that we did yeah. uh, Gen Con for the first time. And it was on, like, again, it was, the, it was just coming out of the pandemic year and we got invited to perform um, a session from my homebrew campaign um, that has now since ended, but uh, Beyond the Realms. And I got to do. I got to be on the main stage at Gen Con on the Thursday in a pandemic year where there was like nobody in the audience because like, <laughs> like we had our friends. But you were yeah, there. Yeah, but it was all streamed, so it was kind of this thing of like all of our friends came in the front okay. row. God bless them. It was so. It was such an amazing experience oh. to be with that team and everything. Was it like the same yes, big Yes, like the like one that Dimension space? 20 sold what? out last like, year. You, that <laughs> stage. And it was like the Thursday and it was like... You think that they'd make they'd put you on like a smaller space. You know what I mean? Just so it's not quite so like... <laughs> yeah, it was in, so like, yeah. intimidation. It was crazy. Yeah. And it was like the Thursday and I remember <laughs> yeah. it being like kind of earlier in the day. Um, so yeah, and like a lot of people know us from the community, but like I don't think like we just didn't have that huge of a name to like sell out a space like that but mm. it was also being streamed mm. online so it was kind of this nice medium where like if you were really well known in the streaming online communities you know your twitches your discords and stuff mm. that they gave access for those communities to find you rather than you know gen con has a really long standing uh, a, a historic um, audience that has been in this space consuming this content for a long time um, and growing up in kind of the TikTok, Instagram era of D&D content and GM and TTRPG mm. spaces, uh, a lot of our audiences are on the younger side. Um, so like our audience, like yeah. my audience particularly, like ranges in like the 18 to 25 sort of era mm. um, area. So anyone in like the like 30s to 40s maybe haven't found us quite yet at that point because if you're not on TikTok a lot or Instagram you know our content doesn't reach as far as as others like those have been on like Geek and Sundry Mm. and stuff like that so it was in a really insane experience and then but beyond like people showed up on Twitch to watch us like there was like I can't remember, like mm-hmm. 300, 500 oh, nice. live viewers at the time. My friend sent me a text like, oh, I'm watching you on were Twitch. You, were you this watching is... the chat? Yeah, uh, not, no, not when I oh, okay. was doing it. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> but people no. were like texting my phone. So I got to see it, a bunch of text follow up afterwards. But I typically okay. don't look mm-hmm. at Twitch chat when I am uh, being a GM or a DM. I find it just kind of distracts fair. me a little bit. So I just mm-hmm. kind of am fully immersed yeah. in the storytelling and, and, and the players. And then afterwards, I catch up on all the memes and stuff. But no, yeah, 2021 insane year and then we got yeah. invited back the wild so we year. did that one main stage show and then we had two shows on the second stage and then the next was that we 2021 or 2022 
This was 2021, I believe. Oh, so we okay. did the main stage, and then we had we did two Ooh. shows in the second stage, which was in the, the the hotel ballroom, which is also a great venue. And then the next year, we got invited Ooh. back, and then Ooh. we did all of our shows on the second stage. So we've done the main stage once, actually, uh, but the rest of them were on the second stages, and they were fantastic. We've had a blast, like so much fun. That's awesome. Kevin, I just realized yeah, cool. we actually met before D and D in a castle. Uh, oh, we that's met, right. Yeah, with the yes. all bard one shot. Uh, yeah, I played it. Yeah, I was wow. moderate, moderately memorable. Melvin, I think, was my name. <laughs> yeah, that was so much fun. Yeah, we did a we did a one shot together to promote D and D in a castle. Yeah. Um, to kind of get the word out about it. Uh, Jeremy was in an amazing one shot that we had with a bunch of other varied creators from TikTok, Instagram, some that were uh, attending at the castle that year. And yeah, it was an all barred one shot, uh, which was hilarious. Nice. And it was uh, mm-hmm. a one shot that I found on DMs Guild. Uh, barred out of hell, I believe it was called. <laughs> yeah, um, I remember. <laughs> yeah. And it was like the, the simple like the fast pitch was like a bunch of bards made deal with like a demon or a devil and they all got put into Avernus all the same time in this like massive uh, tower and they had to like find their way out. Otherwise they were going to be like entertainers for all these demons and devils to like the end of time. And then like mm-hmm. Mr. Kurt Wise is on there. You were on there. Mm-hmm. Quincy's Tavern was in there. Yeah. Jackie. Um, Jackie Nerd was on D I think was in there too. Yeah. Yeah, so, and now they're going to be at the castle this year as well, which is hilarious, full circle yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, Nuddy's going to be there, yeah. So, yeah, that was an yeah, awesome one cool. shot. I think it's still on our Dice Cream YouTube, maybe, if people want to check that out. Ooh. Yeah. I should, uh, I should send out the Hero Forge of moderately memorable Melvin oh my God. <laughs> as part of the promotion of this episode. Because yes. I think Melvin's... How did how did you go about crafting something on Hero Forge that was only moderately? <laughs> yeah, Basically, I gave him like a five o'clock shadow. He's out of shape. He just looks sad. Like he's he's wearing like a magician outfit, but it's kind of like a faded blue because he's like a he's like a, I think he was a water genasi, uh, just yeah. like a really sad water genasi who had basically sold his soul to try and have success. I think he tried to have success as like a magician, and as part of that, he had to like screw over his best friend. Either that or his best friend screwed him over and ran away with his wife. I think that was what it was. And so he sold his soul to try and have success. <laughs> but like it that didn't. That sounds more fitting cause. for moderately, for triple M. I'm going to say triple I'm not going to Moder- say the whole thing. Triple M. <laughs> I can't yeah. Say for triple, yeah that, okay. Now I remember. It's, it's he like sold the- his soul. He got really famous. And then his best friend and assistant ran away with his wife. And so he got really depressed and didn't want to be famous anymore. But he was already so famous that, like, every people kept asking him to do magic and he didn't want to. So he renamed himself moderately memorable Melvin to try and downplay, like, his his fame. Uh, I think that was what it was. The best friend and the assistant. Mm. Are they two separate people or the same The person? best friend is the assistant. Is it a thruple situation? Yeah, the best friend was I see. Assistant. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh. Okay. But also like, no, oh, no. Yeah. Love you that. Know? Yeah. Good times. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I think I can speak for everyone when I say that I hope uh, that he makes a reappearance. <laughs> I'm definitely imagining some sort of crossover where we get to meet his more successful younger brother, Triple H, rather than Triple <laughs> Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Um, <laughs> he just poisons sp- yeah. poison sprays yeah. in people's faces. All day long. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Well, now, now he's more like signing forms, I guess. Yeah, as opposed to uh, it's true. It's more of a people, but you know, um, I would. Uh, we absolutely need to dig in some more as to your work uh, with, uh, like, on YouTube, on TikTok, and all the awesome stuff that you're doing over, obviously, with the Dragonlance campaign. But we love to um, 
kick things off when we're like learning about new folks uh, that we haven't had on the channel before, which is just uh, to ask you, what's your like nerdy origin story? When yes. did you uh, like first get into uh, kind of like, I guess, nerdy stuff? And then how did that transition you into doing or thinking like, hey, I want to try and do this as a career. What a fun Ooh, idea that would be. Origins, <laughs> I love it. Um, big comic book guy. Mm -hmm. Okay. So Was there toxic waste involved? Jeremy. No, thank God. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, did anyone's exactly, parents Well, you killed? dropped into a vat Not of that dice. I'm aware of. Maybe my parents dropped me and just was like, you've always been this way. Um, but... Uh, he just fell on a, on a D4. Oh, no. And it's just like... No. It's just oh. 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 like oh. The worst face It's still the in there. It's still no. in there. Oh, God. That's too uh. far. <laughs> That's why I wear this beanie you know I in all my videos. I was like, <laughs> don't see I it. see it. Never my head. Do you know what I immediately... Do you know what I immediately imagined? Was you know the the uh, the uh, Simpsons episode where they find out that Homer's actually really clever yeah, and he had the crayon, crayon shoved up his nose? Oh yeah! It's like I'm now imagining it's just basically like someone act you accidentally took like a D4 up the nose and it's just pressing on your brain, making <laughs> you think about D and D all the time. <laughs> and if you could just dislodge it, you could be like a neuroscientist or something. Do you know what I mean? Wow. You could you could be crazy smart. I, I don't know. <laughs> I just I'd ra I don't. Not uh, worth it. Having infinite knowledge could be a burden. Yeah, I'd rather I'd rather keep the I'd, yeah yeah. I'd, yeah exactly. There's that other Simpsons the joke too there. about the, I think it's Lenny gets like something stuck in him. He's like ah, take it out, take it out, and like all the blood starts pouring out. Like, ah, put it in, put it in, put it in, put it in, put it back. But yeah, no. So nerdy origin story. Like uh, a lot of my love for pop culture, sci-fi, fantasy really came from uh, my mother, uh, my lovely mother uh, Laura Lewis who um, really introduced me to a lot of big, huge movie franchises as a kid because she had all of these um, VHS tapes and movies that she would record through the TV and stuff like that. So like Star Wars, Indiana Jones, um, so on and so forth. And I got introduced to that at a really young age. Um, and that kind of, I think, really kicked off my love for for storytelling and for the fantasy genre and sci-fi and all that. And then she also worked for EA Sports, uh, the gaming company, in Ooh. like the late mid to Whoa, late 80s. Cool. Uh, so I'm from Vancouver, Whoa. Canada. Wow. And she took one of the first like computer graphics courses in uh, Vancouver Community College here in like the mid to late 80s. So she was like one of the first, like in that course, she was one of like two female uh, students that took the course. Um, and then got a job with EA yeah. like before it became huge. Like this is just when mm -hmm. I think just before the Super Nintendo was coming out kind of thing and was Whoa. making like 8-bit games on like floppy disk for Whoa. computers and stuff like that. <laughs> so like they had a, she worked in a Ninja Turtles game for a long time and a lot of other like fun projects. <laughs> so a lot of, and like being inundated in that environment too. Like I remember as a young kid getting taken to like the old EA offices in Vancouver and seeing all these really awesome creatives. That's she's also so creative cool. as well. Like she was, she loves, she's a painter and, you know, kind of graphics arts and stuff. And her, her dad was also an artist as well. So there's lots of creative people in my family. Um, but yeah, at an early age being inundated with some of my favorite films of all time and then being around those artists, uh, walking through those various cubicles and seeing what people are working on and all the concept art of various projects and all the cool toys they had on in their offices. I'm like, Ooh, what's this? What's that? Mm. Um, so that was a huge influence. And then cut to um, moving ahead, like getting into high school, I started getting into theater and acting and really absorbing like all of that. 
um, and started doing it professionally at like 16, 17 um, and falling in love with Lord of the Rings, obviously. And that was a huge influence, not on me creatively, but that was what what wanted me to get into acting was watching those films. Mm. Uh, And I did a monologue in high school being Gollum talking to himself. Oh, nice. Like a scene from Two Towers. That was like our (laughs) monologue, like, project class. Yeah. What a scene, by the way. That's that's so cool. The voice? Yeah, Yeah. great scene. So many questions. Did you put on the voice? I did, yeah. It was the first time that I studied a scene and, like, got the voice. I'm like, no, you have any friends. Nobody likes you. Yeah. What did you do for costume? Okay, okay. It was just, it was no costume. It was just, like, the 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 project for the theater class was, like, do a monologue from, like, your favorite TV or film. And oh, at, the, okay. at that time, Two Towers That's came out, fun. and I was just obsessed. So um, I did that, and my teacher was like, you should go do this acting class in Vancouver. Because at the time, I was living on the Gulf Islands in, in British Columbia. It's a chain of, it's a community of islands uh, off the West Coast. And I was going to high school on one of these islands. Um, so I'd have to take a, she suggested I'd take an acting class in the city in Vancouver. So on weekends, we had like a four-day school week. So I would kind of study for school Thursday Friday, Saturday is kind of like my time to like hang out with friends, and then I'd study my scene, and then take the ferry and the bus into the city to do this acting class on the weekend, and then come back. And I did that cool. for like a year, mm-hmm. um, and then I like immediately I was like, I want to be a performer, I want to be an actor, uh, and graduated mm-hmm. early from high school and pursued that for a long time. Then jumped to uh, you know a few years after the acting thing, you know I had a couple cool, cool opportunities and stuff like that, but. Uh, I don't know if people are aware, but on my my left hand, my fingers are a bit malformed. Uh, there was a birth defect okay. um, when I when uh, I was created in the womb. Um, so, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. So it, it it always leaves those questions in your mind when yes, you're yes, going yes, out for these really big projects <laughs> and these really exciting opportunities, but you're never quite getting past the front door, and you're not mm. sure why because mm. everyone's always saying, "Oh, you did such a good job, and you're such a good mm. actor, and all this stuff," but like you still never get past that first initial phase. And you just, I, you always get in your head, like, is it because of what my hand looks like? Like, I, I don't know. Like, and that, at that point, you know, people who are a bit different from the norm don't necessarily get a lot of opportunities. Now the landscape has completely changed, and I yeah. think those opportunities are becoming more and more available to mm. people. Um, but, you know, if there's a casting, I remember just being in auditions and looking at a casting director and them, like, digging what I'm doing, and then they just see their, their eyes look down. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then look up and then look over uh, to a, another person in the room. They'd be like, okay, yeah. thanks for coming. And like, so Ooh. I kind of took a break from it for a while and went traveling. And that's like, that's also like, I'm no, no, sorry no. to interrupt, but like, I do think there's something that's not really talked mm-hmm. about a lot with acting. Like that stuff is brutal. Yeah. Yeah. Like on an, like an emotional and personal level, like that is a, like when you've worked really hard, yeah. you've prepared yeah. something, it's a big opportunity, you've bigged it all up. Like that as a moment is absolutely brutal. And it's hard to come yeah. back from, like mm. genuinely. Like so, I was going to say, did that so have like, like a negative props effect Props to on you your... for like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. mental health, yeah, I was yeah, thinking. Live, yeah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. 
CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah, how was your mental health? I mean, that? yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of a, it's a weird thing because as, you know, as performers, actors, like you, rejection <laughs> and uh, mm. kind of beating your head against the wall to get an opportunity is kind of all part of it. And I think it really hardens you and it teaches Mm -hmm. you a lot of great life lessons about persistence, about not letting things get under your skin and kind of, you know, when those opportunities come and people aren't giving them to you, you know, a lot of people can't handle performance arts professionally because of that very, Mm -hmm. the very nature of like going up for something is sometimes Mm -hmm. you have Mm -hmm. a lot of no's for a long time before something Mm -hmm. comes forward. Um, so yeah, in your mental health, like it can be a little harmful acting in generally, I think for yeah. some people, like That's even true. people yeah. who, yeah. you know, yeah. don't have any sort of birth defects or any noticeable changes in their external appearance can still be very, it's a hard thing to get over when you're just constantly facing rejection all the time. Like, am yeah. I good? Will this ever happen? All that stuff. It takes a certain kind of drive. And luckily, like I had such a supportive family uh my mom my mm. dad brother like everyone mm. has been so supportive of, of all the creative stuff that i've done that i always had that like support system to see me through and my friends and everything and there's some people that don't have that it's a lot harder for them to deal with but but yeah mm. it just it always left this mm. kind of feeling in my head of like will this ever happen i feel like i am getting like Mm. i was getting in the room for some like pretty big projects like i remember at a a time like i was being seen for like the i was reading for like the lead in kick-ass and like Mm. the the um whoa uh, the twilight movies were coming out and i was getting i was getting auditioned for a lot of vampires um (laughs) but like yeah so it was just weird always getting like into these big rooms but mm-hmm. never getting past the first stage. So I'm mm-hmm. like, what is going on here? Because, like, obviously I'm mm-hmm. sending in tapes and they're like, yeah, come read for this. But then it would never get past that first yeah, stage. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I'm like, okay, either I'm mm-hmm. a horrible actor, which mm-hmm. in all intents and purposes maybe was true. But, like, I felt like if <laughs> there's something to being <laughs> yeah. like, what yeah. if so, and you get in your head about it. Okay, if I'm not that good of an actor, why are all these big opportunities being presented to me and then never going mm-hmm. forward? So, yeah, you get in your head about it. And then it got to a point. And then it's it's a catch yeah. twenty two, right? Because you then because then what happens is you then get into the room and then you're thinking, oh, are they going to be? Do you know what I mean? Like you start second guessing yeah. yourself because of the experiences that you've had of your past and mm. like I've had experiences before where I've had like you know where it's like I've been like, oh, as soon as I seem to get in the room, I don't seem to get further or whatever. And then I got into my head about when mm-hmm. I was in the room and not getting further. Do you know what I mean? So it's just it kind of becomes like a self fulfilling prophecy, even mm. if the landscape then yeah. changes. So like yeah, it's a it's yeah. a tough old uh, tough old thing to. And in your yeah. case, it sounds okay. it sounds like there was a lot of ableism because like i think what people especially if you're not like involved in the performing arts there's like an idea beyond even whether or not you're a good actor a lot of times it's whether you're quote unquote right for a part and i think Mm. for actors with any sort of disability oftentimes a person will look at Mm. them and say well 
if I cast this person, they must be playing a character with a disability. Like, it's not just, you can't just have a hero who happens to have some other feature. That has to be part of the character now. Which, uh, in real life, I interacted with you in person multiple times and never even noticed. Like, I don't think of you as, I don't (laughs) think of you as Kevin Parr, the guy with a a birth defect in his left hand. I think of you as, I didn't even know. And so, yeah, it's like a very limiting way of looking at people uh, that that I think has very negative effects for a lot of people with uh, any physical physical differences. Uh, yeah, I, like, exactly. Same thing with and, racial things. You can't just be yeah. a black. You can't just be the person. You have to be the yeah. black character. It's the same kind exactly. Of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's very it's very rare to get cast as something that's not like explicitly a black character or like where race isn't kind of. It's not like. A, yeah, like you can't be black unless you're explicitly black. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like that's what I've always. That, yeah, that's, it's that's one of the only careers found, so. where like discrimination is just like part and parcel of it. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> kind of. And <laughs> just, this was, yeah, just, yeah. it's just right the there on the table. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> what I'm like I mentioned before, like the landscape has really changed a lot. Like when I was pursuing acting at this po- at the, at that point, it was between the years of like 2005 till around like 2011, like 2012. So mm. like the landscape of like the amount of doors that have opened for all various types of people has really been pretty cool and amazing to watch. And I hope that it continues to, to continue doors, continue to open and continue to be more accepting of, you know, various shapes and sizes and colors of, of everyone and in, in these communities and these spaces. Um, Mm. And, you know, yeah and like when you're trying to get to hollywood in a professional level or just you know film tv on a professional level at that time it was very much like you have to fit this very specific look and mold even if you have all the talent in the world it's like oh there's because there's just so many other people especially when you're not known that like look like you but like have one slightly different eye color and it's like Mm -hmm. oh this person this character or the person we want has to look a certain way and if they're not fitting the build there's like 30 50 90 more down the line that look slightly like you that we can replace you with so but just to say all that switching over from from acting because it was around 2012 2013 where i was like i think i need a break because i've been trying to do this for a long time and I, i need to change gears so i wound up just like kind of taking a break from performative arts for a while and just kind of not really knowing where I was going to go next. And that's when I started getting into like social media content uh, mm. and and finding almost a new avenue for creation and storytelling that wasn't available. It like social media was kind of like building at that point, but this is around yeah. like 2014, 2013 when it was really mm-hmm. starting to kind of like take off as a serious mm. threat to the marketing community yes. and to like the yeah. disruption of like normal <laughs> yeah. entertainment and, and uh, TV and movies and stuff like that. And I was working at a bar at the time. It was like one of my favorite nine to five jobs ever. It's kind of a party bar on Davy Street here in Vancouver called The Capital. And I kind of took over the social media and I started using it as an opportunity to be like, I'm just going to make stuff that I just want to make. And we started kind of, it was kind of like almost the early TikTok concept where like they would want to promote like a party that was coming up. So I would take my phone. It was like an S8 Galaxy Samsung at the time. And uh, I would go and shoot (laughs) skits, just like hilarious skits. Like there was one, uh, whether it was promote a party or like we had like a brunch uh, program that we were launching. So I decided to make like a funny skit on my phone and it was my friends like waking up from partying and they're hung over and they look at their phones and there's like pictures of brunch and they're going, Oh my God, brunch. And they meet outside and look at each other 
and then they put their hands down. It becomes like a Superman race, like the one between like Flash and and Clark, and it goes dun 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 na 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 na, and they're like slow mo racing each other and like hitting each other and going over obstacles. And then they get to the restaurant, and it was like brunch was this morning. You missed it, and they go no, and like and stuff like that did really really well. So it started to open up the the idea of like yeah. oh, there's other ways to create that's not just the normal path that I've been told all this time. Um, and then Ooh. that led into getting into into D and D. My friend Jordy Rose introduced me to my first D and D game, and you know, lo and behold, here we are. Very cool. That's and so and how did the so was it was then the transition for you into sort of D and D? Was it like you had all this stuff about all these all the, these ideas about kind of like social media and how we can use it? Was it kind of like then just like a, a pretty kind of seamless marrying of those two like in like things that you enjoy doing, or was there like a very like conscious? Because I'm aware that you've got like a brand, right? Like Dice Cream Sandwich is like fully like your brand. I'm I'm just wondering like when did that like appear? How did that kind of you know how did you kind of think that up going as a brand or as opposed to sort of like just like your name or whatever i'm just i'm really interested in and how that became uh like what we see now yeah so so yeah my friend jordy rose who's kind of like i he's we've dubbed him as kind of the co-creator of dice cream sandwich because without jordy like none of this stuff would have been possible um because he not only introduced me to D &D, uh he's one of my best friends in the world and when i was barting at capital he would come to brunch shifts with his D&D group and he would just like hey man what's going on I'm like oh nothing much and he, then they would tell me about the session they had the week before because mm. they'd always come for brunch for breakfast and then they'd go to his house to play like all day Sunday and then eventually he invited me to a game he was playing through the Tiamat story um, mm. and I got to make my first character and you know have that amazing experience and then a couple years went by and then uh, he was like I, wanna, I really want to DM again and at this point I'd been inundated with critical role and actual play streams and really immersed mm-hmm. in that world and my god it was like it was i i think on a I'm trying to explain this right watching critical role i instantly got it i think in a way that other people yeah, 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 didn't yeah, yeah, yeah. coming from a performing background coming from a, sort of starting to get into digital marketing at that point um was like oh oh they're putting on oh, this was. like a Broadway-like <laughs> yeah. dramatic, hilarious mm-hmm. improv comedy play and using this game as the medium to tell that story. Oh, mm. that's cool. And like, I never even thought of mm. doing that ever or that could even be a thing. And I think Critical Role, mm. there were so many shows and influences, you know, before Critical Role came up too with, um, uh, oh no, oh no, I'm forgetting things now. Uh, there's the Adventure Zone for yeah, sure, the but there was the, um, yeah. Acquisitions Incorporated. Ah, uh, yeah. Which in like uh, when I get yes. into like yes. a field of entertainment, I like like with acting. When I was like knee deep in like Hollywood, you know, movie acting, I was obsessed. I would watch movies all the time, deep dive, and saw like mm-hmm. the sort of history mm-hmm. of Acquisitions Incorporated, kind of starting this trend of bringing it back into the mainstream, and then Adventure Zone, the critical role. Um, so. Once I started getting inundated in that world, I went to Jordy. I'm like, we should try streaming mm. a game. I don't think I don't really. I'm not obsessed with like it being a viral hit. I'm. We're not trying to make views or or anything. Let's not like build a brand. We literally just like this seems cool and fun, 
And for me, getting into like digital marketing at that time and content creation, I was starting to have a couple clients. I was like do, mm. making social content for other people. I'm like, mm. this would just be a fun thing to learn, to learn how to do a stream on Twitch. If someone ever asked me to do it, I could, I could offer that as a skill. And it's always just fun to learn new things. And it's an opportunity to just play a D&D mm, yeah. campaign again and have our friends be involved. So yeah, and it's just good to learn and just jump in on it. So like he wound up fig- figuring out how to yeah. how to stream on Twitch and we used like phones <laughs> on, our, on our, our cameras on our phones as like the webcams at first like there was this app that kind of connect them to your laptop and we did it on a Facebook page it was <laughs> really weird um <laughs> but it was a curse of strahd game and then the uh the group came up with the name dice cream sandwich and I'd already been <laughs> very knowledgeable in you know running Instagram accounts and kind of knowing how to get a following a little bit off the jump through like being collaborative networking with other people that are on your mm. level in the community so we started doing like joint giveaways with third-party creators and people who made really cool stuff because i was already sharing all this cool stuff online being like "Ooh, this dice are amazing oh this uh these maps are cool oh this dice box is so cool and then when you start doing that you know you tag them and they're like hey thanks for sharing that i'm like hey would you be down doing like a joint giveaway and that kind of helped to like build a bit of a followership at the start um and uh but then it was a lot of me sort of making the mm. posts because I just knew how mm. to do it and started. Very and then it. when TikTok started coming around, um, me and a, and a few D&D people were kind of the first wave of like D&D creators making content on TikTok. Because um, I had started to hear through just my digital marketing circles that like this app is going to be insane. The amount of attention mm. it gives you, the amount of virality yeah. it can give you with like little to no following. It's going to be an app that you're going to want to like hop on. Mm-hmm. So... I think this is like 20 or we started doing Curse of Strahd in 2018 fall. And I think 2019 Mm. is when I started making TikTok Mm. content. Um, And that just started to send things in a whole other direction. Um, So the the plan, it just sort of fell into becoming like a brand and like with me being kind of on the forefront of Mm. Dice Cream Mm. Sandwiches, it was kind of meant to be like the group's name, like the channel the stream channel's name and then it kind of through osmosis like i was constantly making memes and videos and then people started calling me dice cream mm. sandwich so it just kind of became this evolution of like oh i guess this is me now mm. um and the rest of the people in the group you know they're not content creators necessarily <laughs> so it just oh, okay, I kind yeah. of became the face of like our group to make other stuff like if uh like if debbie harry had continued doing blondie after the band disbanded uh, like how she's like often, <laughs> yeah, it's the same kind of thing, like with Blondie and Debbie Harry mm. and so forth. Yeah, and then the branding thing just kind of slowly became an evolution. Like, wanted a logo. <laughs> uh, my friend Jesse Shaw, who's a <laughs> talented graphic artist who was a player in our Strahd game, came up with the logo. Uh, eventually, I was like, "Hey, I'm gonna pay you money to like own that. Is that okay?" And he was like, "Yeah, absolutely. Like, go for it." And then he just kind of. Once the running the wall kind of started to emerge, being like, oh, people seem to dig a lot of the stuff that I'm making, I kind of started to make moves to kind of more solidify it as a brand and and, I, and a creator identity for me. Um, and, uh, you know, and then the pandemic hit and a lot of our players that we had in our Strahd game didn't translate to online play well at all. They were very much like mm. in-person gamers. They liked that experience. They're not necessarily they weren't you know creators who like were familiar with online communities 
in that fashion. So that really kind of quickly eroded. Mm. We tried to do a campaign too off of Strahd and it only lasted a short while because they were like, uh, this online thing, like we're not getting it. Like it's too hard, hard to focus. So I was like, yeah, no problem. So we kind of just preemptively ended like a, the second campaign idea. And that's when the, the, the well, we're in the pandemic, nothing to do. All my social media content clients that had the time all mm. jumped ship. And it was kind of scary because they were all mostly restaurant and bar companies. And that was the first industry to get completely wiped off the map at that point. So like they all jumped <laughs> ship. I had no clients at all. Luckily, I'd saved a, a, mm. a bit of money that previous mm, year. Yeah. And there was a lot of government yeah. financial support during COVID as well. So I was like, well, I've made all these awesome D&D TikTok friends. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. We're all doing nothing. And at this point, says, but no one had really seen them play the game yet. Um, and for a lot of these creators, too, at this point, this is like early 2020, a lot of these people were just starting out, like Quincy's Tavern, um, so on and so forth, and hadn't had the opportunity to have a platform to like play the game in front of their audiences or them to see them play it. Um, and with myself having kind of a background in digital marketing, also entertainment, also performance, I kind of just saw the writing on the wall. I'm like, people are really going to want to see this. Like, people are really going to want to, like, see, like, their communities watch them do this. And a lot of them hadn't had a past of being entertainers or performers or inundated with content creation. A lot of them just, like, picked up the app in the pandemic. It's like, I'll make a video. And then, boom, they had 20,000 followers. And some of them just didn't really know how to handle it or like what to do with it. Um, and I really wanted to find ways to kind of bring that community closer together. Um, and so we started a series of one shots, like I can't remember the date. I think it was like February or maybe it was April, 2020. Um, and it was like four one shots that culminated into like an mm -hmm. Avengers style, like BBEG fight with like all four groups that did audiences and watched them play the game together. And, everyone during the pandemic just didn't have anything to do. So they wanted to watch this and it, it uh, all of us that were involved in those projects just got skyrocketed into other sort of uh, levels of, of notoriety, which was really exciting and really, really cool. And someone was like, how is this happening? Oh my God, this is insane. Okay. I guess we're going to keep doing this then. Yeah. I think that was a lot of people in 2020 doing like trying to trying their hands at like new things. Uh, like we have very much had the same, sort of experience of, of, you know, creating this show and, and, and having the experience of 2020 and being like, oh God, people, I don't you know, I, I very distinctly remember like messaging Jeremy and being like, dude, I, I think like people are actually like listening to this. Like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> like, do we, I think we should carry on. I think we should keep going. Like this is actually working. Holy shit. This is cool. Especially um, like with, uh, I was just gonna say, especially like with TikTok, like yeah. you can become a sensation yeah. overnight. It is wild. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah. a it's a lot of attention super quickly. And again, a lot of like some of these people were just D and D players who may may have seen um, even newer creators. Like you could just see this palpable wave of new talent and new creatives that were suddenly given this massive platform and massive spotlight out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them have kind of come and gone and some of them have just kind of taken that ball and done such amazing things uh, mm. with it. Um, and it's been so cool to have been kind of at the genesis of, of a new D&D mm. creator community, literally. Yeah. Like, how many times do you get to, like, say that? Like, ooh, I was there at the beginning of this. Like, 
there's definitely that community that was there for when sort of D&D actual plays were first starting out on Twitch and all these insane, amazing opportunities and shows that have blossomed from that initial point. And same thing from the D&D TikTok community, because for a lot of the sort of older generation of D&D fans and creators, like it's a it's a community that they just didn't even know was around or existed. So it was really, really cool to um, mm-hmm. be a little bit of a lightning rod for that community to like offer a platform and a space for them to like play together and to network with each other and, and meet each other and, and have fun together. And then for them to be like, oh, this is amazing. Like people want to watch us play. And then they'd started their own Twitch channels and their own brands and their own communities and their own stuff. And I'm just like, yay, <laughs> this is so neat and so cool. <laughs> it really is. It's, it's such an amazing thing, I think, to be a part of a community like this where it really does feel like it's like it really like it really does feel like a community in the purest sense of the word. And it, it really feels like it's a, you know, everyone is supporting each other. And, the, the, you know, this kind of idea of like the rising tide lifts all boats kind of is very much like the feeling I get with this community where it's like you see someone doing well and it all you know kind of spirals around and kind of helps everyone out and uh it just it, I think it feels very special in that way and, and and it's a very exciting thing to be a part of I wanted to sort of jump yeah. to like now in uh the mm. dice cream sandwich journey and in, in in your journey um because you've kind of recently got the opportunity to start like a pretty awesome gig, uh, which uh, we had a pretty cool chat uh, a couple of months back talking about this. And I'd love you to sort of tell the listeners, uh, you know, that the other halflings maybe haven't had a chance to hear from you about this gig. Because I'm not going to lie, I, like in your, if I were in your shoes, that's like might be the dream job. Like, I think <laughs> I would pass out and be like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm out. Let's go. I've completed it. I've complete. I've got nothing else. Yeah. Nothing so I mean, yeah. Questline. It, so, it killed me. I mean, it's too, with, it was too I mean, cool. It was too oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, tell us a little bit about it. Yeah. So uh, that's a Questline. So Questline Studios, or a Filthy Lot Studios, I should say. Questline is their D and D TTRPG brand. Uh, they're a content studio here in Vancouver, BC, um, and they created this amazing like actual play show called ready to roll uh and filthy lot studios is kind of a amalgamation of a lot of like ex-film creatives content creators from all different sides costumes set deck lighting film that kind of thing um and we had been in talks a little bit here and there because we're both living in vancouver we're both dean like you know ttrpg creators there's not a lot of us operating in the city so we just thought (laughs) about like collaborating one day and doing something really fun and uh, there was an opportunity that came up last November where they were looking for someone to help them create more social media content, you know, help lead their TikTok channel, their Instagram, all that stuff. Um, and you know a thing or two about that. Yeah, a so little bit, a little sense. bit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a little, little, little bit. <laughs> uh, so it was a really cool opportunity. And they're like, we also love like you as a content creator and the stuff that you do. So like maybe there could be an amalgamation of like our content and yours. If there's any cool project that you've always wanted to do to kind of use our toys. Like we can definitely talk about that. And I was like, oh my God. So like, <laughs> oh, you know, <laughs> all those like goals of being a D&D content creator, you know, was like, I want to be on a the main stage of a con one day. I did that with Gen Con. I would love to be flown overseas one day to like DM in something and then D&D the castle happens. So like all these big goals kept getting crossed off my list in a short mm-hmm. amount of time. Like, I don't know what else I want to do. I'm like maybe I'll do a studio game one day like Critical Role and like produce it and that would be amazing. I never ever thought it would ever happen. And then this opportunity came. So so yeah, we awesome. uh, we just wrapped recently on doing our Dragonlance actual play. It's my first studio TTRPG shot 
uh, <laughs> my first in-studio shot TTRPG game. Uh, and it was an amazing experience, um, top to bottom. The whole team at Questline were so supportive. They really put all of their efforts into making my vision come to life. Um, it's kind of a shortened version of the Dragonlance campaign that got released recently. Um, mm-hmm. So we, I kind of took the best parts about it and put it into four sessions. And uh, I reached out to some amazing storytellers that I had met over the past year if they wanted to be a part of it. That included Quincy's Tavern, Tank Tolman, who's an amazing Viking cosplayer on TikTok, makes very wholesome content, an amazing uh, storyteller. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michelle Bradley and Louis Carrazzo has also been done amazing things on like Vampire the Masquerade, done some stuff in Critical role and a ton of other projects in, in the uh, TTRPG industry and mm. yeah so it was my it was my first time doing it and it was an amazing experience and really wanted it to kind of be the first in a series of giving various systems that high quality production experience so like this first one is D&D obviously but we want to explore other avenues like I'd love to do a version of Pathfinder with this studio I'd love to do something called Cthulhu mm. City of Mist like on so on and so forth because I feel like there's a lot of systems out there that haven't had the opportunity to get that sort of high quality studio shine to their gameplay yet. Yeah. Um, and Chaosium just did one recently for Call of Cthulhu on their YouTube channel. That's mm-hmm. amazing. If you guys have not seen yes. the actual play that yeah. got released yep. on YouTube, go check it out. It's phenomenal. Um, GM by Mark Mir, right? Hell yeah. GM by Mark yeah. Mir. Uh, With friend of the show, Carlos Luna in the cast. I was going to say, shout out ah. to Carlos Luna. I think actually Carlos might have produced that. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so, yeah there, there's definitely a studio that helps uh, make it. I don't know the name of it off the top of my head, but there are some amazing creators in that space. Sage Ryan is in there as well. Um, and, and yeah, so it's kind of like I wanted to try to create a space that, you know, was another opportunity in the TTRPG industry to like open its doors and be like, Hey, there's another studio in town that's open for business. If you want to create something, collaborate with something, give that high quality shine to your gameplay. Like we'd love to talk to you. Um, and it was kind of a, mm. a foundation that sort of sparked us for my own Twitch channel on dice cream, like wanting to create a space for creators, you know, big and small to be showcased in a, in a way that maybe they wouldn't have had the opportunity to do so. Um, same thing with like when Gen Con happened, like I was very adamant about trying to bring on as many TikTok D and D people as possible to do it. And that's why we did three games. in the first time we went there, cause I really wanted them mm-hmm. to have this opportunity to get connected to con space. And a lot of them are now doing their own games, and their own shows at conventions and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So building community and giving support to third party creators, or smaller creators has always been a passion of mine because I just believe in sharing the wealth and really trying to put a spotlight on them that might not have had the opportunity otherwise um, and really want to mm. take that initiative and lead that with getting a, a, my own studio space to play in. That's mm. so, so, so awesome. And like, mm-hmm. I think it's like a genuine inspiration, like seeing what you've achieved in this like, like relatively short period of time. You know, like we were literally saying off air how, you know, we, we, we kind of you uh, like in terms of the, in the D&D space and us as, as uh, three black halflings, like, you know, haven't been comparatively going that long. And like, you know, I think it's pretty awesome seeing what you're achieving and uh, as well. So I guess like one thing that would be awesome is like, as someone who has GM'd for, you know, on the main stage at Gen Con and in a studio space and mm, stuff like D&D this, and at D&D in a castle, mm. exactly. Uh, you know, is there any advice that you would give to, like, aspiring DMs? And maybe even aspiring DMs who are thinking of, like, trying to do it for, like, their own show mm. or something I like that. Because there's, a, there's a big old <laughs> contrast, I think, and difference <laughs> yeah. Yeah. between, like, doing it 
you know, uh, for friends and then doing it like, you know, in front of an audience or whatever. Yeah. So I guess like there's two ways to kind of go about that. Like one advice for anyone who's trying to be a GM in and trying to make it like either a profession or trying to be a GM in a, you know, a, 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 like trying to make it a show, like your D&D actual play, trying to make a show or put it on a stream or anything like that. Um, oh, man, man, yeah. I mean, I would say do it for the love of it. Don't do it for the views. I feel a lot Ooh, of people yeah. get into trying to make their d or create a D&D game for a Twitch stream or a YouTube show because like myself, they've seen shows like Critical Role and many other great uh, productions out there. And like they want to do it, but they get into it being like they want to be the next Abria Iyengar. They mm. want to be mm. yeah, the, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. the next uh, Brennan Lee Mulligan. And they don't go into it being like, let's just focus on telling an amazing story and building a really fun community mm. uh, and then just yeah. see what happens. So I think mm. finding players and collaborators that you really trust is a big thing moving yes. forward. Like finding people that you can go on that journey with that are as passionate about it as you and that want to do it for the long haul and want to do it at a certain quality and a certain level mm. that you want to do it as well uh, can be very important. Because I feel there's some people who feel like it needs to be their best friends or it needs to be people that maybe they play in their home game with. They're like, let's turn this into a Twitch stream. Yeah. And sometimes it doesn't mm. necessarily equate into Translate. what you're trying to yeah. do because maybe your home game peeps are just people that just like to sit back you know eat popcorn and just yeah. be silly mm -hmm. and don't want to be serious or dramatic and that's perfectly fine as well these games don't all have to be super dramatic with you know being portrayed by professional actors being in that casual mm -hmm. setting is still really fun and a lot of people make streams in that light too of just being casual and jokey and all that's good too mm -hmm. so i think mm -hmm. figuring out if you're wanting to make your DD game a, a twitch stream or a professional story just deciding like what tone is it do you want it to be casual do you want it to be dramatic do you want it to be silly um and finding like-minded performer storytellers players that are wanting to do it on the same tone as you um and then mm. you know networking is extremely important and you know mm. trying to find people who are kind of on your same level and see how you both can find fun and creative and healthy ways to rise up together you know it's it's really yep. hard when you're just starting out and you reach out to somebody with like a huge following you're like oh let's get them on our show like it would be such a boost to our viewers um you know, which is which is great. I think always just there's no harm in asking. That's pretty much been the basis of this whole entire thing that I've been doing has mm. just been <laughs> yeah. saying, hey, why don't we don't ask, ask this person yes. to see what no happens? Asking. And then yeah. that's how Gen Con yeah. wound up happening. I did a post on my Instagram being like, hey, Gen Con, I want to talk to you. I'd always I'd like to do on, go on your stage one day. And then they said yes. So, you know, it's never it never hurts to ask bigger creators to be on your show if you're just starting out they may say no but maybe they'll say yes you never know um yeah and but you know finding people you know if you have like 200 300 followers you know start off by finding those like-minded creators who are maybe on the same level as you who also have 300 400 followers and and finding your community and your network and be like like hey i love your stuff i love your stuff like how's a way maybe we can work together like you make cool dice trays I'm just starting to do stuff on Twitch. Like, would you like to be a sponsor? Like we could shout you out on our Twitch and you start making relationships that way. And mm -hmm. a lot of the fun sponsors we've had for our content and our actual plays and whatever, were people who are also just kind of starting out. And then lo and behold, like as you grow, they grow too. And turns out they're making amazing stuff That's and having a yeah. spotlight. And you're like, you know, you just don't want to start out 
doing anything at that level with the intention of like we want the views we want the attention because you start to get into a dark place with like making mm. decisions or starting to reach out to people mm. for weird yes. icky purposes and and bigger creators mm. and and people who have been doing it for a while they can see through that pretty easily yeah um so you just want to make yeah. sure if you're going to make yeah. stuff have it come from an honest place a safe place make sure that you have a story that you're so passionate about telling and it doesn't matter who watches it like if you're enjoying it yeah. and you're having a good time with your friends and you're coming up with really amazing stories or a fun chemistry dynamic between your friends, that's what people will tune in to watch and just keep making yeah. content about it. And eventually people will find it and just keep at it and be consistent. I, 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 For sure. I'm genuinely quite jealous of people starting out now because now I feel like we're, we're in a space where we're content creators and we're doing it. I, it's almost like we've lost that ability to be kind of pure and not care if anyone watches it because we have <laughs> responsibilities. We have, you know what I mean? We've got people that are like, oh, they're expecting X amount of eyeballs on this or do you know what I mean? So I feel mm. like we've almost lost a bit of that kind of like innocence of like starting out and just being like, I love this. I think this is a cool idea. I'm just going to do it and see what happens. Um, so if, if you're in that place, yeah, like... Uh, like Kevin said, just absolutely enjoy that because it's like a really pure and lovely uh, yeah. moment, I think, when yeah. you're just starting out. And then out, you start sure. to find your community and you start to build on it. And like we did our that Curse of Strahd game that I mentioned earlier, the first thing we ever streamed. We did that for almost a year straight and mm. had like 10, 11 viewers for nine months. But it didn't matter because yeah. we were all yeah. having fun. We were showing clips on our socials and we were showing friends what we were doing. <laughs> and we started to build a like we started a discord. And then we had people in there that watched our show that were so happy to like watch our stuff and get to talk about it in chat. And that's kind of where you start to build stuff. And then but as long as you're having fun yeah. and telling a great story, the views and stuff, it'll come like you just have to yeah. be consistent in having a Absolutely. Good time. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. Um, well, before we wrap up this amazing interview, um, I would have to ask, we always ask our guests for a tale from the table. So this can be something that's happened during a stream uh, or like a like an audience show. This could be something that's happened in a home game. It's just something that is memorable. That's like the key word. It can be funny. It can be sad, you know, whatever you want, but something memorable that's happened that you just think, oh, I'd love to share this story with everyone. So there's been so many, quite honestly, over the past two years from doing this shows at Gen Con from the Dragonlance actual play we just did to even like moments from the homebrew uh, Beyond the Realms uh, game that we ended just not long ago um, but two that come to mind they're very very quick one is the most recent post I actually posted a clip from episode one of Dragonlance where I had talked to two players beforehand about the idea of doing this red wedding style moment where oh. the players come to this meeting for the first time in this council chamber and out of the six players, uh, the two that I talked to, one of them was the healer, okay? So I, I, I took them aside like weeks and weeks before we went to, to film and I was like, okay, I have this idea. There's gonna be this council meeting and someone's gonna order the knights around you to just murder all the council members and you guys will be included in that. The two of you will be done. You'll get, you'll have your throats like cut and you'll fall down below the table and the dynamic will change from a six-player fight <laughs> to a four-player fight instantly, including the healer of the group, going down. And you two will be knocked mm -hmm. out the whole entire time. You'll be brought back later, but is that okay with you? And they were like, oh my god, that's so cool and amazing. Yes, we just, we'll do yes. that just to see the <laughs> players' faces. Like, we just want to do it to see their reaction. So, lo and behold, we get to film day. 
and we execute that because we have our studio and we have extras on set in guard costumes to like when I gave the signal they came and like did the whole throat cutting oh, with the swords that's so and they cool. went ah. so I, yeah I did see that this is so sick yeah, yeah and, really and cool. uh, <laughs> Louis, Michelle, Quincy, Tank were just like what the heck and I was like and we're gonna roll initiative right after this break and they freaked out and it was so much fun um, the second one was at Gen Con last year when we did a big show with like seven players Marquia McCarty was there Nerd D and a bunch of their TikTok creators um, the, the session ended in a fight with Vecna and uh, I, I had this amazing custom mini made by Magecraft Mingers on Instagram if you're not familiar go check them out they are amazing uh, and the fight was getting pretty dire Vecna's a very hard mm. character to fight obviously Makia mm. McCarty broke out this amazing strategy where she cast modify memory on Vecna I failed and she said I want him to think that we're not here to fight. Like we're, we've been best friends for years and we're just meeting up to go on a fun space adventure. Cause it was spell jammer themed. <laughs> and then I just stood wow. there in shock. The audience went wild. And I had this dagger in my hand as the character. And I described just like standing there like in a daze and then dropping the, the dagger and nerd D took his phone out and played running up that hill from stranger things <laughs> as like the ending song. And then we described us all leaving the spaceship and flying off with Vecna and his new best friends. Those were wow. amazing, <laughs> amazing moments. And I, I can imagine with a crowd as well. That's like, yeah. that would have been a, a, yeah. an incredible. And moment I still have the video sure. clip because yeah. my friend recorded the whole entire thing. So I haven't made it a tech talk yet and I've been meaning to for so long. Uh, so hopefully I'll get to. that up there soon. But yeah, hilarious and just such a memorable yeah. moment. That's amazing. Well, uh, Kevin, thank you so much for coming on the show. I mean, it's it's genuinely inspiring to hear from someone who's trying to push the boundary of this form as well. It's something that, you know, me and uh, we've all three of us have been talking about with our actual plays. Like, how can we like do cool new stuff? And like, I love the fact that you had guards waiting, like standby <laughs> yeah. to add to the drama and the theater. Yeah, spoilers like, for everybody, I, I guess so you haven't seen the show and... yet, but you're still like, even if you know <laughs> yeah, it's coming, yeah. so see it. You're still going to be hyped. No, but like yeah. even like, yeah, it's it, definitely worth it. If you it. didn't see it coming, yeah, yeah. it's an amazing moment but even if you know it's coming the reactions on the face mm. of the players is just yeah. mm, nom, 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 nom. it's so tasty <laughs> yeah. so incredible good. absolutely amazing well um uh, finally before we wrap up please tell all the halflings uh, uh where they can find all of your stuff uh on the internet how can they how can they find yeah you? so yeah uh my online name creator name dice cream sandwich uh real name kevin parr uh, you can find me on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. I do have a YouTube. Uh, it's more of a showcase of like all of our past sessions that we've done. So it's a good backlog for the Beyond the Realms campaign that we had, uh, Wild Beyond the Witch Light. Uh, also, make sure you check out all the quest line socials as well on TikTok, on Instagram, on YouTube. Uh, all the Dragonlance episodes are uploaded on the Questline YouTube, and I'm making a lot of content on their TikTok stuff as well. Um, so yeah, you can check me out all there, all over. We're doing some really fun events coming up soon. Where I'm doing this D and D at Sea event. That's like a D and D cruise in April. Mm, uh, DMing for folks sick. there. I'm also going to be at Quincy's Taverns Convergence event. Uh, yeah, with which, me and Jasper. That's right. With hey, Jasper and Jeremy yeah. uh, in May yeah. and um, submitted my events for Gen Con, which will be our third year 
bringing D&D Tech Talk to Gen Con. Mad so hopefully congrats, those get submitted. Uh, the two the two concepts I've submitted so far have been D&D Tech Talk creators play Pathfinder. Um, so that'll be interesting because I've been inundated with that. And then the other event is uh, Dice Cream presents Arcane AI, a D&D one-shot written entirely by JatGPT. <laughs> oh, wow. wow. <laughs> Which I've been playing I'm, with a I, lot. Okay, and oh my God, I hope it gets submitted because that's yeah. going to be wild but uh but yeah thank yeah, you guys so much well. for having me on the platform thank it's been amazing us. what you guys have done with this podcast from the very you know start to where you guys you guys are doing some amazing big things in the industry and everyone's got a lot of eyes on you and we're all so proud to see you guys just skyrocketing <laughs> up into the air with all the cool opportunities you guys are getting and i hope it just keeps continuing to soar so well, thank, thank you, you <laughs> so much. Uh, well, I will uh, hand over to my two colleagues who are soaring into the sky with me, I guess. Uh, Jeremy Cobb, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at JeremyCobb1. That's Cobb with two Bs and the number one. You can find me on Instagram at TheCobbMeister. Uh, and you can hey. also follow my uh, my brand new sci-fi movie review podcast with Andrew Coons. Yeah. Friend of the show, Andrew Coons. The Quantum yeah. Reactor, available wherever pods are cast. You can also follow us on Twitter at QReactorShow. Uh, so go check that out. It, we've just released three episodes yesterday. At the time of this, we'll, uh, I think at the time that this episode is released, we will have released three full episodes uh, to the feed. So go check those out. We've got m- reviews of Moon, Everything Everywhere All at Once, and Sunshine, with more on the way. Yeah, very, very cool. So excited. Uh, big shout out to Andrew. Uh, Liv, where can we find you on the internet? You can find me um, at Does Dark Magic on Twitter. I'm Olivia Does Dark Magic on basically everything else, including YouTube. You can search my name and find me there. I haven't got the link yet because I'm pretty small. So subscribe and then hopefully I'll get it. Um, and um, yeah, and you can also go to youtube.com forward slash three black halflings and slash dicebreaker to see more of me. And you can check out that interview that everyone's raving about on youtube.com forward slash through back offlinks so hey <laughs> yeah awesome oh, yeah. uh you can find me at jw underscore cartwright uh there's some really cool things coming up that i can't talk about yet but i'm excited about it so uh go follow me there uh you can also follow the show at uh, the number three black halflings uh on uh twitter instagram facebook uh all the stuff uh i like uh liv said we've got our youtube uh, which is going strong we have awesome merchandise and of course don't forget to check out the patreon where you get ad free episodes plus bonus episodes there's a ton of content on there right now if you're thinking oh, i want some more three back halflings in my life mm-hmm. today there's not enough of it right now uh then you can go ahead uh sign up to that but uh until then we will talk to you next week so long shire folk so long shire folk so long shire folk kevin you can do it so long shire folk. so long shire folk
Halflings, it is about that time that we thank some epic people who signed up to the Three Black Halflings Patreon. We cannot thank these people enough. They are the only reason that the lights are on and that we are able to continue doing all of this amazing stuff. So from the bottom of our hearts, thank you so, so much to all of our patrons who continue and all of these beautiful new people. If you would like to sign up to our Patreon, if you just think to yourself, you know what, I don't think I've had enough Three Black Halflings awesomeness in my life, I would like some bonus episodes. I'd like to be able to vote on stuff that they do on the show. I'd like to hang out with them in Zoom and just chat for like an hour. Well, you can do all of that much, much more by signing up to the Three Black Halflings Patreon. Um, and one of the other things you can get is this shout-out, which I'm about to do for the wonderful people that signed up in the last month. So a huge, huge thank you to all of these people you are uh, amazing and wonderful. Uh, so, without any further ado, a huge thank you to Kenya Hicks, Jill Paxson, Bradley Smith, Ravinote. I'm going to go with Ravinote. I hope that that's correct. Please feel free to correct me if I am wrong. Aki Burmis, Raquel Engine. Afternoon. I'm going to go with Afternoon. I'm apologies if that is wrong. But I know we can get this next one right. Emma Rose, thank you. Chanel McCarthy, Tate Horse, Kitty Height, Jacob, Elsie Miller, Madeline Mason, Harper, Ruby, Michael Triss, Joseph Hunter, Kizzy, Josie Woodis, Alethea, Lindsay Decker, the true neutral BBEG who is saving the material plane from an apocalypse. Wow, that's a great Patreon name. Uh, maybe people should leave silly Patreon names and then that way we'd have to read them. That's kind of funny. You should do that. Caleb Loshehavo. I apologies again. I, I, these ones are these ones are all tripping me up. My deepest apologies. Please feel free to always message in if we get any of these wrongs. Chris Prosipo and Helen. These are all wonderful and incredible people I want to say thank you so much to because without you we wouldn't be able to keep doing this show. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much and we will talk to you next week. So long, Shire folk and Pip Pip patrons. That was a HeadGum Podcast.